0: Hey, happy Friday, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning to the P40 Ministries podcast. And hi, my name is Jen, and I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast. And today we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. But before we begin, I actually have some exciting announcements coming up. I have some really, really cool guests that I'm going to be featuring on uh, the podcast pretty soon here. You might have heard of Jay Warner Wallace before. He's going to be joining us on the podcast in about a month. And then I also have Liz Wan coming on, and she's going to be joining us pretty soon as well, and just a handful of other guests that I'm very, very excited to introduce to you guys, and I hope that you will um, give them some love and share the podcast episodes with everybody so that their message can get spread even more. But anyway, let's go ahead and discuss Exodus chapter 30, verses 1 through 10 today, and as I always do, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible. But please feel free to read out of whatever version you prefer to read out of. Grab that cup of coffee and let's go ahead and begin. You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. Its length shall be a cubit and its width a cubit. It shall be a square and its height shall be two cubits. Its horn shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top, its sides around it and its horns. And you shall make a gold molding around it. You shall make two golden rings for under its molding, on its two ribs, on its two sides you shall make it, and they shall be for places for poles with which to bear it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put it before the veil that is by the Ark of the Covenant, before the mercy seat that is over the covenant where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn incense of sweet spices on it every morning. When he tends to the lamps, he shall burn it. When Aaron lights the lamps at evening, he shall burn it, a perpetual incense before Yahweh throughout your generations. You shall offer no strange incense on it, nor burnt offerings, nor meal offerings, and you shall pour no drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement once in the year, he shall make atonement for it throughout your generations." It is most holy to Yahweh. So here's another thing God is asking the people to make for him in his tent, the temple he is going to be living in. And you remember that he is going to be sitting on top of that mercy seat, which is on the Ark of the Covenant. And it's basically the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. And that's going to be behind like a veil so that God's presence doesn't like kill the priests that go into this temple and stuff, because people cannot handle God's presence very well. As you can see from the few times that God was around, you know, the people just didn't like it. And even Moses, when he encountered the burning bush at the very beginning, it says that he was so afraid. He was so afraid he couldn't look at the burning bush is actually what it says when he found out it was God's presence. And then when the people heard the voice of God, they couldn't even handle it. They were so scared. So people can't handle God's presence very well because he is so holy, he is so pure that um, immediately people just realize how awful they are compared to God. Yeah, so people don't like being around God's presence very much. And there's actually a story, I think it's Isaiah. Was it Isaiah that went up into heaven? I'm pretty sure it was. And uh, he, because Ezekiel also did, but um, Isaiah went up into heaven for a little bit and saw God's presence. And immediately Isaiah's like, I'm going to die. I I can't handle this. I am going to die. And God had to like do a ritual with him so that he would not be afraid. We often see that, uh, you know, even in the book of Daniel, you know, Daniel was uh, probably one of the like best people in the Bible. <laughs> in all honesty, I mean, yeah, he, he had his problems, but um, he was very faithful, you know, like he went through kind of, hell on earth a little bit in many different circumstances because of his belief in God. And yet, even when he was encountered by the angel of the Lord, he couldn't handle it. He fell down like dead. So um, even some of the most holy people out there, (laughs) or at least the people we consider to be the most holy, still can't really handle being in God's presence very well. But yeah, so God is telling uh, Moses that when the temple is eventually built, he also wants like an altar that would be made only for burning incense on. Now, this would be kind of a small altar. It's not super huge. It's about, it's a square. It's about 18 inches long and 18 inches wide would be the top of it. And then it would be, let's see, I don't know how tall it would be. Oh, the height should be two cubits. So it's not super big. I mean, it's just about a yard high. And then the the top would be about, 18 inches by 18 inches. So this is a square and it's relatively small, but it's specifically made only for burning incense on. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of symbolism to this at the time. I don't know if the people understood the symbolism to this stuff. And, and probably they didn't actually, because, uh, you know, that we see throughout scripture, the people kind of like wondering why they have to do some of this stuff. And, uh, desecrating it a little bit, and they just didn't care that much about this stuff. But we find out later on that this stuff was very important. The people back then just didn't recognize it, didn't see it. And incense, all throughout the scriptures, is actually a symbol for prayer. We see in the Psalms, there's a few times that incense is mentioned. Uh, incense being um, like prayer, you know, because the smoke, if you've ever burned a stick of incense before, I don't know if you've had, but I, my parents used to burn it the smoke will like go up and it makes this like really fragrant kind of almost overwhelmingly perfume smell and uh, as the smoke goes up that's kind of like our prayers going up into heaven so we see that being symbolism for prayer all throughout the scriptures and then even in revelations god (laughs) has this like bowl of incense like this huge bowl of incense that he refers to as all the prayers of his people. I don't believe this has happened yet, but that bowl eventually gets like thrown down into the earth and then something happens after that. I can't remember everything going on in Revelations, but um, but we see that to that bowl of incense in heaven is like the prayers of all the saints and all the people and everything. So incense is almost always referred to as prayer. And so we see that later on. But at this time, you know, the people didn't understand. They they didn't want this stuff. They didn't understand the holiness of it. And, uh, you know, but God is saying here that this is very important to him. He actually says here at the very end of verse 10, this is most holy to Yahweh. So that is very important to God that this incense uh, altar be taken care of. It is most holy to him. It is. He likes it. He wants it. But the other thing I found kind of funny about this, um, not only does the altar look very similar to the other stuff, it was made of acacia wood overlaid with gold, and then it had two rings, which had two poles so that when the people moved around, they could carry this. And, you know, God made everything very easy for carrying, or at least not super easy, but very easy for carrying. Like it might have been heavy, but it was easy to carry. It was easy to move around. And that was, uh, you know, God's way of making sure that his stuff was protected, but also um, that it wasn't too burdensome for the people. But I just wonder like God must have really, really liked acacia wood and gold because everything is made of acacia wood and gold we see. Um, and don't forget the people had this stuff. You know, the people had all this gold. They were very, very wealthy people because they they plundered the nation of Egypt pretty much even though the Egyptians like gave them all that stuff to leave. The Egyptians were so afraid of the Jewish people that they literally gave them like everything out of their houses so that the Hebrews would just absolutely leave and get out of there. So they had tons and tons of stuff. And, uh, you know, God was saying even at the very beginning of all of this, that this was only supposed to be the people who wanted to give this stuff. And God knew that people would want to. And some people wouldn't want to, but this wasn't forced out of the people either, which is something I think I should mention is that um, even though all this stuff was made out of very fancy materials, you know, God never forced the people to give him this stuff. It was only the people that really wanted to, but um, clearly there was enough people to actually make all this stuff to overlay everything with gold and whatnot. But anyway, so um, this, this altar here that was made for incense. God says here that you're not supposed to put any any weird incense on it. <laughs> the the literal term is strange incense, but strange is another word for weird. So God doesn't want any weird incense burning on this altar. He only wants the one that he wants, which to me, if if you're thinking about that in the most literal way that you possibly can. There are certain smells people like and certain smells people don't like. Verse For example, I hate Old Spice. I hate it. I hate the smell of it. I hate everything about Old Spice. And when my husband was wearing it at the very beginning of our relationship, I'm like, you have to change your deodorant. Like, that is horrific to me. Because one day I was very, very sick when I was a little kid. I was so sick. And my dad, he wears Old Spice all the time. And I woke up with a stomach ache and I had the stomach flu. And all I could smell was this permeating old spice smell going throughout the entire house and ever since then it like even now I'm thinking about it it makes me queasy I can't handle the smell of old spice it makes me want to throw up and uh, I ended up throwing up (laughs) on that day when I smelled all that old spice but if somebody came and like burned a candle of old spice in my house like an old spice candle I think I would be able to smell that for like four days. I would not be able to get that scent out of my nose. And I think I would have to leave the house and like air everything out in the middle of winter. And I wouldn't care. I would want that smell out of my house. So if you're thinking about this literally, (laughs) maybe God just really liked the smell of this particular incense that he wanted the people to make, which we find out later on is like um, a mixture of frankincense and like this sort of gum stuff and other spices I'm not quite sure about. We see that God just wants that particular incense burnt and maybe he just liked the smell of it and didn't like the smell of the other ones. I don't know. (laughs) But in other words, he didn't want the people just abusing his altar or his most holy place by burning whatever they wanted to burn on there. And so then he also says that nothing else except incense is supposed to be put on this altar. It's not supposed to have any drink offerings on it. It's not supposed to have any uh, burnt offerings on it or meal offerings, none of that stuff. It's only supposed to have this incense on there, which, by the way, this incense holder, this uh, altar for incense, was literally right in front of the Ark of the Covenant where God was going to sit. So you had to pass by that incense altar in order to get into the most holy place, which had the Ark of the Covenant. So it's kind of like how we work a little bit, which is kind of interesting. And um, Stephanie Roussel kind of touched on this when she did her special episode here on the podcast a, a couple weeks ago. But first and foremost, in the outer courtyard, which anybody could go to, was the altar, which is where you would put your sacrifices on. And that blood would be on that altar. And that was what would save you from your sins, in a sense. The animal's life had value and it would save you from your sins. And that's how it worked back then before Jesus. So that's the first step, you know, into like having this relationship with God is that first and foremost, being forgiven from your sins. Then secondly, it would be those prayers like offered up to God, which would be that incense. And then, You know, you can have that relationship with God and that's where the most holy place is. So if you're thinking about this, once again, very literally, which I tend to do sometimes, um, it's just kind of an interesting symbolism, like all of this, even the way the temple was laid out with, you know, the first step in having that relationship with God would be that altar, which is the first thing you would have to pass and then going into the holy place would be that incense stand, and then the most holy place, which is where you can communicate with God and whatever else, and have that relationship with Him. So I, I do find that very interesting as well. But um, but yeah. So then once a year, it says here that Aaron was supposed to um, he was supposed to atone the altar by putting a little bit of blood on the horns. There are some horns coming out of the um, I'd say the corners of the altar, I would guess, and uh, Aaron would just have to put a little bit of blood on that once a year, which was just atoning it, making it holy. And, uh, you know, that blood, which is the life of the animal was the thing that would make us holy. And I believe that's also a symbolism for our prayers as well, which is even though we are forgiven initially by Jesus, you know, our prayers still have to have some holiness to them. And we see that all throughout the Bible. I mean, I think James talks about how our prayers aren't getting answered because they're selfish and they're only for us. And, you know, there's no there's no amount of God's will in them. So we have to, like, take away that bit of selfishness we have when we're praying. And, uh, you know, that's that's (laughs) that's mentioned all throughout Scripture. And it's something I struggle with really badly, actually. Prayer in general, actually, is something I struggle with. But even uh, the prayers of Thanksgiving that Paul talks about in Philippians, where he says, Before you do anything, give thanks in your prayers. Then you can ask God for your requests. Even that is, that act of having that thankful heart is humbling and, uh, you know, appreciating God for all the stuff that he's given you and for your life and everything. So Paul talks about that every single prayer you make should have an amount of thankfulness in it, basically. So yeah, I mean, this uh, portion of Exodus, kind of hard to understand, especially if you don't know these symbolisms. And, you know, I had to look this stuff up. I didn't get it. I'm like, why would an incense altar be important to God? But it clearly was. And so he wanted his priests who was going to be ministering in his house to do stuff the right way and to, you know, make sure that they weren't doing things the way they wanted to do and doing it the way God wanted, you know? And that was what was important to God was just making sure that that his temple was not going to be defiled by basically humans, and we see that later on it is when, I mean, there's a story in the Bible where um, after the temple was built, this guy like brings this girl in and they're having sex in front of something or other. <laughs> like, there was some crazy stuff happening later on, and we do see like different idols in the book of Jeremiah. You know, they were like in the temple and just all sorts of crazy stuff happened later on but um, in order for that to be avoided God's house and and you know him having to leave because people are like ruining his house and uh, that's why these rules are laid out very strictly at the beginning here and uh, you know but of course people are people and uh, people have always been the same I like to say that I don't believe people have changed at all I think we're we've always been the same that's just my personal opinion. But anyway, this was Exodus 30 verses 1 through 10. And uh, yeah, kind of a hard portion of scripture to discuss and to talk about. But it is in the Bible and it is important to learn, especially if we're going to be moving into some of these like sins that the um, nation of Israel started committing later on as well. We have to see all this stuff and what's important to God first before we can recognize why and how these people were sinning the way they were sinning and uh, not do those same sins ourselves, (laughs) even though it might look a little different nowadays. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and happy listening, and God bless.